0: It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo.
1: It's eight minutes after eight. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in to AM Live. It's time now for the Forum at 8. Now, statistics have revealed that the number of people uh, living with autism in South Africa has increased. Basic Education Minister Angie Mutseha says that her department is working on trying to fast-track strategic ways to cater for children with autism in public schools. And the department will also introduce programs to promote autism awareness campaigns. And it is part of an initiative to create dialogue amongst academics, teachers and parents about this developmental disability. But I think it's also important that we as a society also have a dialogue about children or people living with autism and how it is that we treat them, how we respond to them at that very basic level, um, a societal level, even before we get into all the other needs that people uh, actually have to contend with. And on the forum at 8 this morning, we ask, what are some of the challenges of raising a child living with autism spectrum disorder? And Again, what is our reaction to that? Because let's face it, as a society, um, we don't want to acknowledge, we don't want to see a lot of things that make us uncomfortable. So when you have a child, not only with uh, autism uh, spectrum disorder, but with any uh, disability of sorts, people become uncomfortable. People would much rather you hide your child at home and they are never exposed to that for whatever reason, maybe just because they're uncomfortable, uh, maybe because they're scared. Maybe it's just a lack of education and awareness that makes us shun people and shy away from facing these realities in our society. And then, of course, there's that dreaded stigma. Always. Always the stigma that accompanies things that make us uncomfortable. So when people see children uh, who are autistic or who have any other disability, how do they respond in public? I have personally heard people say, but why do they bring this child out into the public? Mm. So what do you want the parents to do? Lock the child up forever so that you can feel better about yourself I mean, and that's just the start. I don't even want to get into the cultural aspects of it where women bear the brunt and and, and are once again shamed and discriminated against and sometimes even abused for giving birth to a child who is not in inverted commas normal. So let's talk about these things. And, and I'm hoping that if you're out there, we, we're focusing on autism specifically this morning. But naturally, some of the other uh, disabilities that children are born with also um, tend to go through the same sort of stigma and uh, the challenges that children with autism face. So do call us. Let's, let's have a frank conversation about your difficulties, the challenges that you face. And maybe we can move from here today, um, better as a society for having learned something and for being able to be more um, sympathetic and empathetic to people who have to go through this on a daily basis. So the question, once again, we are asking, what are some of the challenges of raising a child living with autism spectrum disorder? And uh, we have in studio with us this morning Vicky Lamb, who's a National Education Facilitator for Autism South Africa. Thanks for coming through, Vicky. Thank you. And uh, here to share some of her challenges with, us is uh, Sylvia Seleke, who is a parent uh, of a child living with autism. Sylvia, thanks so much for your courage to come and share with us this morning. Thank you. Vicky, I'm going to start with you. Let's just start by defining what is autism and what is autism spectrum disorder?
2: So autism and autism spectrum disorder are two terms that we generally use together, uh, the, the new classification according to one of the statistic diagnostic manuals is autism spectrum disorder, so we can refer to it as autism as well. Um, it's a it's a neurodevelopmental disorder. It's, the child is born with autism. We aren't sure what causes it. It's, at the moment, they think it's a combination between genetic and environmental factors, but ultimately it's nobody's fault. So you were saying earlier often mums bear the brunt of, of being abused or being banished from society or whatever the case is because they have given birth to this child who is not developing typically. It's not mom's fault. It's not dad's fault. Unfortunately, it's something that happens, and, and the child is born with autism. It's a lifelong condition. So if the child is born with autism, they will eventually die with autism. It's It's throughout life that they have it. And, and one of the things that we consider doing or that we look at doing is giving them coping mechanisms to deal with autism, providing them with support structures and support systems in order to to live as independently as possible.
1: And are there any signs that one could look out for, especially as a parent? Um, at what age do children typically uh, present, if that's even the appropriate way to ask the question, uh, yes. with signs of being autistic?
2: A lot of parents report at about 18 months to two years of age. They start seeing something a little bit different, um, and some of the signs that they start noticing is a lack of of speech development or abnormal sort of odd speech development or delayed. Um, Social interaction is very limited, so parents will report the child not wanting to be picked up and cuddled. Instead, they'll kind of arch their back and and distance themselves from that So yeah, your social interaction, your language is often delayed. Their imagination is poor or restricted imagination. So they don't play as a typical child plays. You know, a a typical child will go and get a wooden block and pretend it's a car. These children often don't. Um, And then sensory-wise as well, we often see them having heightened senses or lowered senses. So touch, smell, sight, hearing, all of that is also affected.
1: Mm. But 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 then uh, one also reads that you know uh, some of the children um, in that uh, autism spectrum actually have exceptional abilities. Yes,
2: very much so. So it depends again; it's a case by case situation as such. But we do see these people having exceptional abilities, and there's lots of stories out there where we've seen incredible artists, um, authors, poets, writers. They they have incredible minds.
1: Do we know at this point just how common autism is in South Africa?
2: Not currently. Uh, We can sort of Yes, from international statistics, that it's roughly about 4% of the population. But otherwise, we, we don't currently have the stats it is being worked on.
1: 4% of the population is quite high if one thinks about it. Um, and if that is such a significant figure, why don't we hear more about it? Uh, why don't we see more people that we know and can point out to to say, Oh, but Ntogozo is autistic. I know that. Mm. Is it because they are hidden away from society?
2: I think, yes, some of them are. Um, And it's, it's also because it's such a wide spectrum. It's, you know, that person that you do interact with that may be a little bit socially awkward that may come across as a little bit rude and it, it may be that they have they've they're on the spectrum somewhere um, but i do think in some cases they have been hidden or they're institutionalized because there's a lack of understanding and a lack of awareness as to what autism is institutionalized where how in your mental your mental institutions um, because there there's a lack of understanding of what it is so
1: are we, are we improving though yes and and, and so so When you say we are improving, what sorts of improvements are we seeing? Uh, Is there more education? You know, are um, our medical um, uh, physicians, are they more attuned and in tune with what is going on? And are they able to make uh, early diagnosis in order to help facilitate our treatment of people with autism?
2: It's getting better. Um, Awareness is is getting better, although it's still not enough. Will it ever be enough? I don't know. But it is getting better. People are pushing it. We've got incredible parents who are helping us to raise that awareness, spreading it throughout the communities. Um, Our regional offices throughout the country are also spreading awareness. So it is getting better. It's coming. Um,
1: Let me come to you, um, Sylvia. You are a parent uh, of a child who is autistic. So... Perhaps if you could just tell us your story from the start. When, how did you discover that your child was autistic?
3: Thank you so much. Um, I've discovered my child, he was two and a half. What I've noticed is that um he lost his sight he was walking sideways and at the age of 1 year 6 months he couldn't speak he couldn't even call out my name you know he would say da da da, da whatever i've noticed that there was something wrong and i've consulted with my doctor which um we had our Checklist developmental checklist whereby he lacked some of the uh, uh, of the of his development, and that's when I was referred to Johannesburg Hospital to to see the therapist whereby they've picked it up that um, you no know, your boy he might be suffering on one two three a certain disorder social disorder. This is when we have started at the age, but before that as well when they told me I was in denial this is what we as parents, when we discover, because we are not aware, it's as Vicky said, lack of knowledge. We don't know these things. We say, there's this uh, cultural stigma to say, no, my child is being witched. You are being told this and that and that. When you go to churches, they will say, no, it's evil, it's devil, and so forth. So I was in denial for such a long time, until at the age of three and a half, when I was contacted by Johannesburg Hospital School that now, listen, we have a file for your son. Could you please bring him in so we start uh, with training him at the early stage for him at least to recover? Which is why I've started uh, taking him to Johannesburg Hospital School and gradually he improved. Now, starting to have speech able to talk to call my name to point because at some stage he couldn't he was throwing tantrums whereby people would say he's naughty he's naughty he's naughty because the child was frustrated mm. i didn't understand that my child was frustrated because he wanted this and he couldn't say it because lack of speech he did not have speech at that time until then when I started going for therapies and admi- get get him admitted to the school where he got uh, a full support. And I was also being educated as to what to do when we do this program at school. You also do such, at least to boost your child on his development, which... It helped quite a lot of uh, his improvement. He has improved, though he is still, you know, showing those uh, uh, symptoms—a bit of symptoms—as to. But I think once you've addressed such things, you at least at some point seeing that the child is improving, though it's steady, but. It's better than nothing Because when you go out there in the society One of the things, the challenges Is that our society They're not accepting us We are there, all what we ask Is to accept our kids They are there, they are autistic They need to be accepted We need to go out in the society Mm. And spread that awareness That word that the society of awareness Is growing in South Africa people Let's just wake up and smell that coffee And accept them Deal with 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 the disorder. Mm. Not to discriminate, we feel like we are being discriminated. I don't take my child to the mall during the day, from twelve o'clock. I go to the mall eight o'clock when they open. I make sure that by half past nine, 10 o'clock, I'm out of the mall. You know, so that's an isolation. We feel mm. isolated. We are isolated because when I stand next to you, you will start telling me that, "Oh, please, you must teach your child manners." which manners? because our society there's a lack of knowledge they're not being educated about the disorder this is why I was saying to Vicky earlier we need to have a supporting system Vicky you are out there as AESA Doing the work, but we also, as parents, we are working to support you guys to spread the word to say that we educate people so they must know in order for us to be accepted with our children in the society. My child is not going to the party, even family parties, Mm -hmm. I don't take my child because your some of your family members they would not accept your child as autistic child they'll say he's naughty, he's this, he doesn't touch he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that and their child as well, their kids, they cannot interact with our children because also from their schools they're not being, you know, um, educated about such kids. They cannot play with them because of their disorder. They're not playing like other kids. So you'll find the parents being like, no, he shouldn't play with whoever. Please take him away. He's naughty. He's not being nice to other kids. This mm. is what the the message that we're getting. Even you go to the restaurant, you cannot take your child to the restaurant because he is not allowed to play with other kids. He plays differently; doesn't play same as other kids that are playing. So we are being isolated, feel isolated by the society we understand is because lack of knowledge which we as parents and the organizations and schools and doctors and whoever we need to come together and raise that awareness. Go out there, spread the word wherever. I mean if I would come to your church or to the malls, they must accept us to have that um, a boots to stand there and talk to people. Allow us to talk to people. We are ready to do that, so that we feel that we are also part of uh, our society. Mm. Yes. And
1: and just listening to you, I'm worried because does this now mean that apart from the time that your child is at school, you have to be there? 24-7 mm. because I, I can only imagine how difficult it is um, uh, from your story of how family members react, how difficult it must be for you to arrange care for your child at any time when you can't be there.
3: Yeah, and that's true because, you know, you wouldn't as a parent, me as Sylvia, I wouldn't um, let a family member that I know that, They cannot uh, handle my child and live with them. So it's becoming tiring sometimes if maybe, say, for instance, my daughter understands my child more than anyone else. She's Mm. my supporting system. You know, if she is not there, she's attending her work or schools, activities and so forth. I have no one. This is why we as parents, we came into grouping ourselves to say, you know what, if you have function, you have meetings, you have this and that and that, you have to go somewhere. Just consult with other parents on our group to say, who is available to Mm. help me out? This is what uh, the system that we've put with other parents in place to say, let's help each other because this parent will complain, my family member, I would complain, you know. So the best way is to... Come together as parents of autistic kids. Have the system in place. If the kids are not at school, it's weekend, you need to do some of the things that you wouldn't want to take your child with. Then we support each other. That's how we can.
1: We're talking about um, autism uh, spectrum disorder this morning. And just judging uh, from the messages coming through Vicky, um, it points exactly to what we were talking about earlier, that this isn't something that is easy to define mm-hmm. uh, because different children present differently. It's individual and each child is unique in how they present their autism but i think it's, it's it's probably worthwhile just going back because people are struggling and, and, and I've got someone who says, Nkosing says, um, the symptoms that your guest is mentioning are similar to a friend's child who is three. And I don't think that he is aware that there is a problem with the child. So, so maybe, uh, just again, uh, and maybe just elaborating on that and also answering another question from, uh, Thony, who wants to know about, um, Asperger's syndrome and how that also, uh, impacts on, Autism, What? what is the connection there?
2: Sure. Okay, so yes, it is very different for every child and there there is a saying that, that says once you've met a child with autism, you've only met one with autism because it is so different Um, and, and just coming into the Asperger's aspect of it, Asperger's is another side of the spectrum of autism so again, it's your spectrum and you've got sort of your your high support on one side and your low support on the other side, which is sort of where your Asperger's now falls, is on that low support end of the spectrum where people can function quite independently in life. Um, some of the other symptoms that we do see of autism is they have little awareness of others around them. So parents will report that the child doesn't matter if they're in the room with the child or not. That child shows absolutely no awareness of, of having another person in that room with them. Um, Self injurious behavior, so we see smacking of themselves, biting themselves, hitting their head against a wall as well. Imaginative play is poor, which I spoke about earlier. Unusual habits, so we see rocking or hand flapping, what we call stimming, so it's activities that are very repetitive, mm. clicking their fingers, moving their fingers in front of their eyes, so anything, and that generally calms the child down. Um, so we try. We don't discourage stimming. We try and, and use it to help the child. Um, development of speech is delayed, and indifference to or dislike of being touched. So as a, and parents have often reported that if you touch the child, they back away or the, or they have a meltdown. Sometimes because their their sense of touch is heightened. So some people with autism have reported touch to be painful to them. So, you know, we've got to keep in mind that it's not the child being difficult. Sometimes it's actually a painful thing for them, or they just don't like it either. Um, Minimal reactions to verbal input, and parents report their child seeming as though they're deaf. So a lot of the time they go through an auditory screening to make sure that their hearing is intact. Um, Changes in routine Mm. can upset them, so they like predictability. And I know Sylvia and I were talking earlier and she was saying traffic is a nightmare because it's not predictable. Mm. So you get stuck in traffic and suddenly your routine is out slightly. Things like that do upset them. I've heard parents saying, you know, they have to take a different route to school. Their child has a tantrum in the car because suddenly you're going a different way. So simple things like that that we don't think about often upset autistic individuals as well. Sudden laughing or crying for no apparent reason is another one. Um, And uneven gross or fine motor skills as well. So we see a a lack of development in those fine motor skills, so they have problems writing later on in life. Mm. Um, Sometimes we've heard reports of incredible gross motor skills and incredible fine motor skills, but again, it depends on the child and the individual with autism. And... Inappropriate attachment to objects is another one, so they'll find something that they really like, and that's almost like their blanket their safety their safety object.
1: And there's so many things. There's
2: various other ones, yeah.
1: And a lot going through my mind at the moment. I can just imagine that child having a tantrum in the car. And and, and maybe when they're still young, you can still control it to a certain degree. But imagine what happens as that child grows older, they grow bigger, they grow stronger, and how much more difficult that becomes. We'll continue this conversation after the news break. Uh, We are talking this morning about challenges of raising a child living with autism spectrum disorder.
0: It's your favourite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favourite time of the morning on AM Live.
1: On the Forum at 8 this morning, uh, we look at some of the challenges uh, uh, that uh, parents face when they're raising a child living with autism spectrum disorder. And it's a tough one. It's not an easy one because... Each individual will present with different symptoms because autism is unique in each individual. And uh, that's what makes it difficult. But then, of course, um, uh, Vicky, who's with us this morning, Vicky Lamb, um, with the National Education, uh, who's a National Education Facilitator for Autism South Africa. Vicky's been talking um, us through some of the signs that one can generally look out for. And we also have with us, Sylvia Sileko who's a parent living with a child uh, with autism. And uh, just listening to Sylvia's story, and we were talking about the tantrums earlier on, and I was saying, I can imagine at two, you can still control the child, you can control the tantrum. But imagine as the child grow older, by the time they're 16, if you haven't diagnosed that child early enough to intervene timelessly how do you deal with a 16-year-old who may be bigger, stronger than you who is throwing a tantrum in a car because they are upset by uh being out of their comfort zone and a disrupted routine, Vicky?
2: It's it's a very difficult one and often we we don't know how to deal with these situations. Again, it's a case by case situation and we've got to look into what's causing that tantrum and and try and work out what we we would call the function of the behaviour. Um and and that is why we try and say to parents, the earlier we can intervene the better because then we can help with those behaviours that are difficult at the age of two, we can contain them, we can try and work out what's going on and we can provide provide sorry, provide behavioural support in order to help both the parents and the child so that at sixteen that behaviour isn't a problem, particularly in a situation like a car where it's it's difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. And then uh, you had, um, you know, a story about, you know, some of what
3: you go through um, as well, Sylvia. So, yeah. Yes, uh, on the ten trams, I'll touch base on the ten trams. Uh, like, you know, early mornings when you go to school, my challenge is that, um, you know, when you're stuck in a traffic with their behavior, the kids who are autistic, they behave differently, and when they start a uh, feeling that now you're not getting at the point, they where they supposed to be. That's what Vicky said, the change of environment. They feel that now the environment has changed and it's just the traffic on that time. They will throw tantrums and you'll see now the officers driving past you and other parents because now he has taken out his seatbelt and wanting to take his head off. They think, why can't you, you know, they will show you those signage of putting a child into a seatbelt, which you cannot uh, stop the car in the middle of the traffic and start addressing that issue, hence we're saying that to we encourage parents, as Vicky said that early intervention is better than you know having a child being diagnosed on uh, at the sixteen year old age, which it's difficult, but for now, yes, we can control because now he he's still seven years age, and uh, I mean is not that powerful than i can do you still con- be able to control the child now at the 16 year age imagine being in a traffic throwing that tantrums taking off the seat belt opening the doors this is what they do and this is what we facing uh, that's another challenge mm. we are facing on the road with the officers and other motorists that you know they feel like they're staring at you that what is happening mm. put the child on a seat belt how can I do that? My child is autistic, period.
1: And then, of course, access to some form of help and assistance in the in, in, in the form of health care, in the form of education. That must be very difficult. What has been your experience, Sylvia?
3: My experience is that, you know, in South Africa, I must, I must con- congratulate our government somewhere, somehow. They've done so well, it's just that, Again, parents, they don't know where to go, and there is health facilities. These kids are well taken care of. We've got the units in different hospitals. Vicky will agree with me. The the most challenging part is the schools. Which also the government is working on to having special needs schools, which now we still got little, we are on a waiting list, two to three years and so forth. You know. And so if your
1: child's on a waiting list, what do you do in the meantime? What do they do in the meantime?
3: In the meantime, some of the schools they do keep them, like Johannesburg Hospital, from from my experience, they're still keeping my boy with them until I go into one of the school that How old us is old is your my son now? My son is seven and a half years, and he's supposed to be at the biggest school uh, compared to where he is now, but at least the school is said, Sylvia, we will accommodate your child until you get something, which they're helping me out to say, you know, to get to other schools. Mm. And the challenge with them as well, they cannot enforce your child to go into that school because there is a certain number that is limited for the class to be accommodating those kids. If the number exceeding, maybe say for instance, this should be eight, not more than eight, they cannot force. We have to. It's just a matter of the government, you know, when they're ready and take that part of enlarging our schools get more schools for the kids that will be at least less than the, the, the problem of our waiting list.
1: So you are having these problems mm. in Johannesburg mm. where I would think that there's greater access there are more facilities what about people in rural areas what happens to them?
2: It's It's difficult again and we're trying to get the awareness out into those areas but it's, it's tricky. It really is. We've got rural areas that are not connected to main, main areas as such, so it's very difficult to get into those areas. Our regional offices are doing a wonderful job in, in trying to get as much information out there as possible, and I think word of mouth is probably the best way to get, get info out to people in those rural areas. Um, but in terms of being in Khateng, the, there are services available.
1: All right. I want to get to the listeners. They're starting to call in. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero eight. Before I do that, let me just read through some of the messages. Um, uh, Unati Kwaza says, "We treat all those who seem different uh, to us uh, because of a uh, differently because of a lack of knowledge, which leads to fear. The more one learns about any condition, the more uh, open-minded you are, and you're able to embrace people." Uh, Major General says, uh, "S.K., what's the difference between?" A mental disorder and autism Vicky?
2: So autism is a The brain structure and the brain growth Is a little bit different as such So it's almost In in terms of dealing with with physiology and the brain It's a defect there Whereas a mental illness is more of your your psychological functioning If I can put it that way Um, It's a tricky one and then uh, this one from at Kamata uh, R
1: says um, a challenge to parents uh, because, example, if your child is Sotho or Zulu speaking, um, only English crashes uh, seems to be available. What about uh, those other languages? And that is why kids perhaps end up not being able to speak.
2: Autism in in all languages and all cultures, we see speech being a problem. And yes, it would be nice to have sort of the official languages within our special needs schools as well. But it, it comes back to autism being there is a difficulty in, in speech in general. Um, I don't know if Sylvia wants to add to that. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, um,
3: in terms of speech, from my side, what happens is the time when my son couldn't talk, it was because of at home I speak Zulu, my mom speaks Sutu. My daughter, my eldest daughter, speak, speaks English. And for the school for to get him right to be able to speak, what they've suggested is that Sylvia, maybe choose one language whereby you would uh, speak to him and train him on that, see if he would be able to speak. This is what the program that we, we ran through. And I found it to work very well with me because in at school, we've got Sutu, English, Sulu, Tuhana, Congolese, Nigerians. So you cannot uh, speak African language to them because of they speaking with those are all are children with, with yes, Then the child becomes confused Now when you stick to English It's one standard language That they're using at school So at home we started also using that I stopped speaking Zulu Not to say like s- forgetting about Your, your, your African language mm. When the child gets Developed well and be able to speak The child comes back again And speaks your language My child now he can speak Zulu Though not fluently he can speak Sutu. He knows when you speak with him in Sotho, But at least he can say words, a sentence in English to say, Mommy, I want to go to toilet. Mom, I want to do this. Mama, I want to do that. Such person did one, two, three. Mm. This is what we're trying to get. We're not uh, um, doing away with our African languages. We're just trying to get them to be able to speak. All right. Makema says everything we can't explain. Uh, we
1: say the child has been bewitched and the poor child will have a sangoma uh, or some church itinerary to attend to. And then um, Nasleen Richard says, uh, could you ask why medication is always not available at government hospitals for kids with autism? Uh, please ask your guest if she believes uh, bio uh neurofeedback can help autistic kids.
2: Um, I don't know too much about the bioneurofeedback, but what I do want to say to parents is look into treatments very, very carefully. There there are treatments out there that do seem to, to cause harm, um, so you do need to look into them very carefully in terms of what they can offer and what they can't offer and, and what they promise to do for your child. There is no cure for autism, but there are treatments available in, in ways that, We can help them cope with their autism. We can give them supporting mechanisms, support strategies in Mm. order to deal with it and coping mechanisms to help minimize sort of the symptoms of autism that do make life difficult. So, yeah, be careful of of what is out there and just do your research. Mm.
1: Uh, Jillian McCain, you I see you on my Twitter feed and you seem to also be uh quite knowledgeable on the subject. So maybe you wanna give us a call in O eight nine one one oh four two oh eight and share some of that with us. Uh Patrick in Cape Town, good morning.
4: Good morning, Sakina, and to your guests too, please. Um, I've got a son also with autism. Uh what I can say to the parent there, they might just be patient and love their kids. because so that's the most thing. Most important things to do when you got a situation like this, because uh, I couldn't even know understand myself when my son and um, someone tell me that I must go to some the internet, and then I only found out now this uh, diagnosis of autism is quite serious, and then I took him to hospital, um, Telgebech hospital, and uh, they do a couple of checks there, and then uh, they come and tell me no. And the son, your son is diagnosed with autism, and my wife was like, they shut it down when she heard that, the time they started explaining to so what is the consequences of this and that and that. I said, no, you might just believe in God, because the kid is already born, there's nothing you can do about it. The most challenge I faced on my son,
5: mm. he's
4: now four years and a half, to get him out of the net it was the most, most difficult situation, but thanks God, in four years, I was managing. To, he's now able to take himself to the toilet. He knows how to take his pants out. He can go to pee himself. And uh, I really appreciate all the support for the government because now the grand is receiving like 1,400. But the other challenge which I'm facing is the school. The school's the waiting period is too much. Mm. In Ketown, I'm now, I can say it's, it's now a year since I've been applying, mm-hmm. and we're still waiting. And uh, as a result, I'm a truck driver. I'm always on the road. My wife, is working in a retail, I uh, can pay. So what we do at the meantime, um, we take the son to the normal crash, which I pay roughly like 800 grand. That's a daily crash. And uh, it's <sighs> quite hard for some parents to to, to, to to understand that. And the, the, the other issue which I had is just our society. They're always quick to judge. Like mm. the, the place I go on the mall, they can say to my son, ah, this boy is not tender." And I say, whoa, 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 slow down. You cannot come and tell me what to do with my son because you have no idea what is going on here. And the son is always active. You can see from mm. when he wake up in, in the room, he's running up and down. As soon as the music is playing on the TV, concentrating on that. When that music is finished, hey, can someone change his mind and cry? Sometimes you're driving with him, if you take me a different route, which you don't used to go, mm. you'll see that man is just changing. You know, it's quite a mm. difficult challenge to deal with the kids. Now, all I can say, for the parents out there, who oh, the son and the daughters got the same problem, they might just put their hand to God and then say, God, help
1: Thank you so much, uh, Patrick, calling from Cape Town. And, and I'm glad uh, Patrick is sharing, uh, Vicky is sharing. I see Nazlin also saying she has an autistic son. And, and I'm glad you guys are sharing your stories because, if nothing else, maybe some of us listening today will not be so judgmental, so easy to pass judgment the next time we see a child behaving in a certain way when we do go out to a mall. Um, Tembela in Midran, good morning.
5: Good morning, Skina. How are you? Well, and you? I'm um, good. Thank you. I also have a daughter. She's five, turning six. Um, my predicament is that uh, the mushrooming of um, these autistic schools, is there a way it can be regulated whereby, because you don't have enough information, uh, you send them to you, your daughter to a school where, It's supposed to be an autism school, but you'd find sometimes that these people, it's just a money-making for them. Uh, Your child is just an additional number for for income. So is there a way of um, trying to regulate? Because they can't guarantee you that um, she will speak. Um, You get told that uh, each child is different, and therefore they can't guarantee you anything. But you find you can't be popping money Uh, while you're not guaranteed anything. Um, So that would be my my question, is there a way of regulating these private schools? Because you wait and wait for for government schools uh, to get your child into there. And uh, beyond beyond that, you still have to pay for uh, speech therapy and occupational Mm -hmm. therapy. So it becomes very expensive, really. Um, You've touched on um, the treatment that I wanted to find out about because you you get told about the treatment that's available but uh, I'm just scared of creating a dependency on my treatment and the side effects thereof maybe if I can just um, get an advice around that
1: Thank you so much uh, Tembela. I'll get Vicky to respond to you in a moment uh, but uh, let's speak to Anna in Cape Town. Anna, good morning Morning Sakina,
0: thank you for taking my call um, I just want to share one or two things that happened to us. I've got a... a we have an autistic son who's now 17 years old. And it was a very, very long, difficult path. But it's... Absolutely, I will not change my child for, for uh, little Einstein. He was diagnosed when he's normally between 2 and 3. And in the beginning, it was for me and my husband, obviously, a shock. Very, very difficult, especially for my husband. We've got an older child, older daughter, who's now 20. And my son is now turning 18 in October and he's in Vera school, School for Autistic Children in Rondebosch East in Cape Town. And uh, it is a wonderful government school. He's also for the last five years, during the week in the hostel, which is a very, very good thing because it teaches them some independence and eventually, because he won't be able to stay with us forever because what if I, when we die? Um, mm. I think it's very, very important for parents to realize that they cannot plan longer than a couple of days. Obviously, they need to be short-term plans and medium plans in place, like we had to plan what will happen when we die. But the child grows, or the parents grow and develop with the child, because you don't always know how your child is going to develop. How is it going to be 10 minutes from now? Now is it going to be half an hour from now? Mm. You need to be proactive and always anticipate what can happen, et cetera, et cetera. What we've decided, me and my husband and our daughter, we are not going to sit in a corner, we are not going to sit at home and not live a full life. We've traveled with our son three or four times overseas. Um, it was not easy, but we've decided as a family we are going to do it. And it was at times very difficult, but we just decided we're not going to miss out. And I just want to give one or two examples, and I hope it will help some parents, that um, in 2010 we flew back from from Athens to Madrid Madrid to Joburg and then obviously when we about a half an hour from Johannesburg my son he was then about thirteen, was very tired mm. obviously because we all get tired but we as, as normal people are supposed to know how to act and no they don't know they if I'm tired I'm tired so he then threw a tantrum in the airplane and the plane was obviously full and everybody was looking at me and obviously judging and think oh these horrible parents and then um, my son was about 12 years old, 13 years old, and I got up and I looked at the, the people in the, air, in, the, in the aircraft and I said, listen, people, have a look at my son. He's autistic. Get over it and just accept him for what he is. And I had to learn that over the over years. In restaurants, I would get up in a very polite voice to say to the, to the people when they're staring at us, please, my son is autistic. He's trying to deal with it. We're trying to deal with it. And the moment that the members of the public know more than accept it immediately and understand it. So it is sometimes very difficult for the parents, but at the end of the day it is to try and comfort the child as well. So sometimes you must take steps like that to make it more normal for everybody. Um, It is not an easy path, but I I promise you, Sakina, I will not change it for anything because it tells us so much about ourselves, um, just the, the, the fact that we must carry on, and then about other people are wonderful they are and we've now arranged for a place where you can stay next year um, between Park and Friedenburg. it's called Pri Lodge for adult autistic children because or adult adult autistics because you don't the government don't cater for them so it is a short-term long-term medium plan planning when you have a child like that but it is not easy but I promise you with the grace of God God is absolutely worthwhile
1: and I bless your soul, thank you so much for sharing your story there and 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 I hope other parents you know could gain some courage from that you know take strength um in knowing that you're not alone and perhaps if more people stood up and said to us, "Hey, you know my child is autistic, deal with it then you can go and You know, jump if you must, uh, leave if you must, do whatever it is if you do not want to be confronted with that situation. Njabulo says, uh, thanks, Sakina, for talking about autism. I grew up with a neighbor who was hidden away until his death when he was 30 years old. Let's hear from Peter in Freiburg. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Sakina. Welcome, Peter.
4: Yeah, I'm one of the parents who have a child like that.
1: Okay, Peter, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, Please just switch off that radio in the meantime. Let's hear from um, Lisa in Durban. Hi, Lisa.
6: Hey, hi, Sakina. How are you?
1: I'm well, thanks. And you?
6: I'm not so bad. I'm the chairperson of Action in Autism. Um, I run a non-profit organization and an advocacy lobbying group for persons with autism in KwaZulu, Natal. And uh, just to give you our perspective is that we work from a social rights perspective where we put autistic people or people with autism, if you would like to call them that, a lot of people with autism want to be called autistic people first and foremost and consider their rights as human beings. We know it's a lifelong condition. So we work very specifically from that perspective and look at them as the authority, especially those people with autism that are really articulate about who they are and how they experience the world because they can bring new vision and enrich our world as well. I think. So that for us is the most important thing, to listen to people with autism. We tell our parents, who are new parents, that knowledge is power. The more you get knowledge about your child's autism, the better it's going to be for your child, because then you're going to understand how your child experiences the world, and then you're going to put supports in place for your child's disability. They do have an impairment with social interaction and communication, so how then do we support them with their difficulties with communication? So... One of the most important things that we would teach our parents and our community members is that you give your child a reliable means of communication from as early as possible. My son is nonverbal. He's 16 years old, but he uses a letter board, or he can use a computer keyboard, or he can use an iPad to. Um, to, to support his need to communicate with me. And once you have given him that means of communication, then all of those so-called difficult behaviors go away because he can tell me when he has a headache, mm. he can tell me what he needs at any given time. So I think that that, for me, is to teach them a means of communication. Speaking is not the only form of communication. Our children can learn many, many forms of communication, and that, for us is extremely important and of course listening to our people with autism and also allowing them to become full enriched human beings given the same opportunities as others we fought and rallied really hard in K Z N to ensure that every single child with autism receives education and that There is no cognitive or intellectual impairment with autism. They've taken that out the DSM-5. And that is important for people to know that if a child makes strange noises, flaps their hands, that doesn't mean that they are not listening to you, they are imbibing, they are learning, and that they are capable. So our teachers in our schools need to be taught how to teach our children. They learn differently, and that's okay. And, you know, and I think that that is what it is.
1: Mm. Lisa and Durban, thank you so much, and of course, uh, what we'll do. I-, I must tell you, I was surprised to hear the bed music there because I couldn't believe we've already come to the end of the show. But um, uh, looking at you know some of the messages still coming through, people are talking about expensive education. And and, and then uh, Tony also points out the fact that not only is it expensive, but then sometimes you don't even know whether this place is properly registered and whether you're going to be getting the service that you actually need. The waiting list, access to education clearly seems to be a problem. Um, Someone talks about the Eastern Cape. There's another one about the free state. And um, I would imagine that this is a countrywide problem. But I'm looking at the messages coming through and people are still saying, What is autism? And I guess that is it. It's so difficult to explain because it's not one simple thing. It's not one quick definition that you can give that would describe everybody and encompass the whole spectrum of disorders and therefore I guess people sharing their stories about you know how their children present would actually help us understand it better but I do know that we need to have a follow up here because there are many more questions than we have time to answer Mm -hmm. so let me just say thank you for now to uh, Vicky Lamb National Education Facilitator for Autism South Africa also Sylvia Asileke who is a parent of a child living with autism everybody else who came through and shared as well as Lisa in KZN also Jillian McAinge on my Twitter feed. We're going to try and get all of those details and put them up on our Twitter feed and other social media platforms so people can go there and um, get in touch with people who may have more access um, and uh, knowledge about where people can access more resources. Thank you so much to everybody who participated and to the production team. It's just after 9. Noam luli standing by with the news.